Well, we've just um, decided this month of August here at Victory is going to be a, a, a word explosion. You know, we can accept that and say the word is going to explode in my life this month. Uh, next Sunday, I'll be in Tulsa at Word Explosion. And uh, I thank God for uh, pastors in Tulsa in the 80s who trained Pastor Bill and I that the word of God was the priority in our life. Nothing else was more important than the word of truth. And as we begin to fill ourselves with the word of truth, you know, we, we do uh, believe in casting out devils. We believe in laying hands on the sick. But I believe that when we intake the word of God to greater and greater levels, we, be, we actually uh, form an immunity against the things of the enemy in our life. And the enemy comes, but he can't find a place because we're so full of the word. Everybody say full, full of the word. And uh, as we grow sometimes in the things of God, we, we forget um, to continue in the things that God has asked us to do in the very beginning. And uh, in my life, I know one of the hardest things was finding time to read the word. How many of you find that is a, you know, it seems like there's time for lots of other things, but getting time to just sit down and read the word uh, sometimes can be difficult. And I'm all for playing the word in your car. Uh, I think it's important that we listen to the word all the time. But there's something about sitting down with the word of God and reading and getting in contact or connecting with the spirit of the Lord and hearing the voice of God. And that's what I'm talking about when I say reading the word. It's it's an uh, on purpose time that we take to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And I and I believe uh, in all the things that I'm hearing uh, this past week, I, my husband and I, I don't know why we were up late, but we heard Joel Osteen for a minute. And I haven't heard Joel Osteen in a long time. And, of course, we listened this week to some of the Believers Convention down in uh, Fort Worth. And all of it, all the time, what I would hear was faith, faith, faith. We have to walk by faith. And uh, so I believe that the Spirit of God is saying to the church, it's important that we make sure we're doing the things we know to do. When we're doing what we know to do, God will connect with that and bring the impossible into a possibility for every one of us. So we are not lacking any good thing. Turn to your neighbor and say, I lack no good thing. Because God has given us his word, and his word is his promise. And he always fulfills his promises. His promises are yes and amen. So as we look at the word today, this will be uh, the second part of the series. Last week was faith and the word. This week is mountain moving faith. Everybody say mountain moving faith. And uh, we can sing the song, you know, faith, I can move a mountain, you know, even do a little jig. But then we hit the mountain and then we got to see if we're still dancing. Hallelujah. Or we're still, you know, uh, being aggressive toward that thing that we see. And uh, we are called to fight the good fight. And the good fight is a fight of faith. It truly is the only fight the church has because the battle is the Lord's. But the fight that we fight is a fight of faith. Everybody say fight of faith. And so if that's our fight, then we better know what faith is. Amen. And we're going to go back to Hebrews, begin where we began last week, just for those that maybe are here today who weren't last week. I'm not going to preach that message. You can get that on CD, but, or you can listen um, on our webpage. But it says in Hebrews 11, 1 through 3, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. How many of you would like to have a good testimony? Well, then we're going to have to live by faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed 
by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, you may be here today and there's promises that God's made to you and they are not visible yet. You are just in a position of walking by faith. It's not that it's impossible. It's just not visible yet. And in my Bible, framed, this word framed, I can't say it in the Greek, but it says to arrange, to set in order, equip, adjust, complete what is lacking, make fully ready, repair, and prepare. In Genesis, when this um, word, word of God came forth to frame the world, and the world was void. It says there was nothing. How many of you are looking at things right now, and it looks like there is nothing that says it's going to happen like God says? Well, so God was looking at nothing, but it says the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth. And then God said, everybody say, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then he separated darkness from light. You know, he's a God who when he speaks, the spirit, everybody say the spirit, the spirit hovers over those things to accomplish them just like that. Well, we now are God's voice in the earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's amazing. Now, you know, that makes you want to think about what you're saying. But we are his voice in the earth. He has appointed us to take authority and dominion, just as he appointed uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, I give you authority and I give you dominion over all things. And he expects us to walk in that position and act like he would. Now, we're to act at his directive, not ours. Those words that come out of our mouth that are doubt and unbelief and fear and all that, those are not God's words. The enemy uses those words. But God has appointed us to frame our world. And you say, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. We all can because of the God that lives on the inside of us by the power of the who lives in you. Holy Spirit. And so now that Holy Spirit power, the Holy Spirit gives us revelation of what God wants to do. We begin to speak what the Holy Spirit tells us to speak. And we begin to create in the earth what God has said he will do for us. Now, a lot of the church doesn't believe that. They're wishing and hoping. How many of you know wishing and hoping will not get you there? A lot of us have wished and hoped. No, we have an assignment, and that's to walk by faith and not by sight and it includes confessing what God has said if you look in Hebrews uh, 10 it's 1038 just above there the just shall live by faith but if anyone draws back my soul has no pleasure in him this is the end of a chapter where God by uh, his spirit uh, revealed this to, to Paul and I don't believe anybody had a greater revelation of what Jesus did than Paul I mean he just he spoke it over and over but especially in the book of Hebrews in verse 12 of, of chapter 10, he says, This man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of the God, right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. It goes on, it says, For by one offering he's perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Look at your neighbor and say, That's you. Now you don't see yourself perfected today, but you are perfected because of the blood of Jesus. For by that offering that he made. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after God said before this is the covenant. 
that I will make with them that in those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I'll write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I'll remember no more for now. Where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. The reason God has no pleasure in a soul who retreats is he paid a very high price for us to have the victory. And so he made a way. He gave us a covenant that said, you walk by faith and not by sight, and I will be everything you want me to be. But if you walk in fear and doubt and unbelief, my soul has no pleasure because my son paid the price for you to put the enemies under his footstool. That's our job. That's our job in the earth is to keep the enemy under our feet. And so as Christians, we have a responsibility to walk by faith. It goes on, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest of, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, everybody say by faith, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Everybody say faith. Full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Hope is the substance of things. I mean, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our hope, we have to hold fast to that. Why? Because our faith is speaking what we are hoping for. And this is not wishing and hoping. This is a hope that is in our confession that Jesus Christ died for us. We are in covenant with the living God and nothing is impossible to us that God tells us we can have. Amen. Amen. And when the church begins to exercise what we have been given, then we will see the victory that God intends for us to have. You know, um, I was listening, Jesse, to Planus or I don't know, Jerry Seville. Somebody said, you can see faith. Uh, and we're going to talk in a minute about a little bit how Jesus saw their faith. But you can see faith and you can hear faith. And the church needs to start walking by faith. Because it's obvious when somebody's not walking by faith. Listen for the words, the confession. Everybody say confession. And it goes on and it says in verse 35 of chapter 10, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward for you. You have need of endurance. Everybody say endurance. That's consistency, perseverance, continuing to bear up under hard conditions, steadfastness. That after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. What is the will of God? That we walk by faith and not by sight. And as we do that, we will see God move on our behalf. Uh, Mark 11 22 through 24 a lot of you know that scripture um we lived in tulsa in the days of uh really uh, just a move of god's spirit uh and and brother hagan was there in tulsa at rama and they called him you know kind of the father of faith because he talked faith 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 he had he has people who've written books about how error how much error he was in but I want to tell you, when we get to heaven, you're going to be amazed at the number of people that have been won to Christ and are walking by faith. Everybody say, walking by faith. Because, you know, a lot of the critics of those people have not nearly the number of souls. And God said, you'll know them by their fruit. And souls are definitely fruit. That is the fruit that we'll see in heaven are the souls of people that people preach the word to. So I'm very careful about saying anything about what anybody says. And I, I believe he had a revelation that he walked in 
that God put in his heart, and he never backed down. He never backed down to that. Now, some of the people who went to his school kind of carried that to another limit. You know, if you want to know what the tree's saying, get to the tree. Hallelujah. Because some of the fruit can be fruity. Just a little added touch there. Hallelujah. Because I know what they said about Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon, and I lived in the same church around them, traveled with them, and I'm telling you, People are called to speak and honor those that God puts in authority like that. And there's fruit. Everybody say there's fruit. And that's souls. And so um, that was just a little tangent I got off on. Be careful that you don't, you know, touch God's anointed. Amen. It says in Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in, have faith in, not in your promise. Did you hear that? Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. That is amazing. Now, this isn't something you say once and it's there. Faith keeps speaking. Faith keeps being persistent, consistent, saying and saying and saying and saying and saying. And I'm, after all the years I've been in ministry, I can tell you there's days you don't want to say it. But what you do is you say what God says regardless of what you want to say. Because we're obedient to the spirit that lives on the inside of us. So we walk by faith. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Doesn't that sound simple? It just sounds simple. It just sounds so way out there. But you receive them the minute you speak and confess and pray them. What God has told you he's going to do, your speaking begins to bring it into not only existence in the earth, but you begin to believe it. And that's why it's important that you don't just hear what other people say. You say what you hear. And you say it with your voice. And you begin to hear it out loud. And your ear receives it. It just reinforces the truth of the word of God. And some people may say, well, they talk to themselves all the time. Well, hallelujah, we need to talk to ourselves. I heard Jesse DePlantis say, you're talking to yourself all the time anyway. And a lot of you just worry all the time. But, but you know, it, why worry? Why not confess the word of faith? It, it, that worrying doesn't do anything except bring more worry. If you, that's how it works for me anyway. The more I worry, the more things I find to worry about. Have you ever been on that cycle? And then it jumps over here and then it jumps over there. Put a stop to it with faith because God knows what concerns you. In Matthew 17, 20, this is what we're going to look at a few scriptures uh, this morning quickly. And I want to just show you, if we continue to walk and believe the word of God, I believe we'll have the victory no matter what happens in this world. I heard uh, Jesse DePlantis say, too, that they say there's a recession or whatever they say. But I told him, I'm not participating. I'm not participating in the economic world system. How many of you are not participating? See, you cannot participate for a minute or you will be living in it because your mouth will begin to say what you are thinking. And I I know we can always say, I wouldn't do that. But when we are squeezed, we are going to say what we're really working and moving in our life in. And usually in these kind of circumstances, God says, you speak faith. Don't you speak fear? Those are the circumstances where it's the most critical that you do not speak fear. It says in Matthew 17, so Jesus said to them that the disciples were trying to to cast out a spirit. And he said, because of your unbelief, everybody say unbelief. 
For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now, a mustard seed is very, 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 very tiny. A mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. You know, we, there is great faith. There's little faith. We're going to look at the scripture. But a lot of people, I've heard people say over the years, well, you know, my mom didn't get healed, and, 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 and I know she had faith. And somebody said she didn't have great faith. And I said, the Bible says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and everybody's been given a measure of faith, it says in Romans 12, 3, that you can speak to a mountain and it will be moved. I don't know why your mother wasn't healed, but it had nothing to do with great or little faith. I believe that because every person has a measure of faith. And if that little tiny measure of faith, the mustard seed faith, can move a mountain, then it can move a mountain. That's what it says. Hallelujah. Now, I think great faith is necessary sometimes to see great things happen. I do believe that. And great faith comes from understanding authority. Everybody say authority. I want to show you this in Matthew. Turn to Matthew 8. It, it is clearly an issue of authority. And when people waver in their authority, they are not going to be able to walk in a position to see great faith happen. Jesus was uh, in Capernaum, it says, and a centurion came to him, verse 5, chapter 8 of Matthew, and came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a only speak a word. <clears throat> He's not even where the servant is. Only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Now, we'll go on and read. Jesus called this great faith. This is what the God, Lord has shown me in this scripture. For I am also a man under authority. Everybody say, under authority. Having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, <clears throat> not even in the Israelite. He had not found that faith. But what he said, this is what the, what the servant said, I am a man under authority. Everybody say under authority. Now, when he said I'm under, see, we talk about the part where he is a man who could speak to his people it, saying that he had authority. But the first thing is he was a man under under authority and he knew that he had authority because of who he was under are you getting this because that's a revelation from god he knew he was in authority because he knew he was under authority now let me tell you if you are under god's authority you have authority and i believe jesus said you have great faith because he had a revelation of being under authority and then being in authority and that's what makes faith great. And I believe in the church, we're going to have to get in that position. And that only comes when we spend time with God. Because he's the only one who can bring that kind of confidence into your life. Faith is confidence. It's inward conviction. It's an inward uh, a confidence that, that causes us to have such an assurance that when we speak, and we know God said to speak it, we have no fear when we say it. You know, I, I, I understand this fully because when I took this position, you know, I thought, oh, dear God, you know, I get a message every now and then. I mean, how am I going to get a message 
every week and then twice a week. This is not going to be, this is not going to work. Hallelujah. Because I only preach when Pastor Bill says, do you have the word? And I'd say, yes, I have a word. And I preach it. And then three months later, I preach another word. You know, I don't preach every week. And so as I begin to look at, at God, I'm telling you, he, when you are under authority and you begin to, to hear his word, when you speak, you speak with such authority. I mean, I have total confidence in what I'm saying today because I've heard God tell me this. And so I didn't make this up. I didn't just find a message in the Bible. I felt like God told me to preach this for two Sundays and I'm preaching it and I preach it with authority and I'm amazed especially this morning because I had zero energy when I got up here and God in his mercy and with the anointing says preach what I say and I will give it authority but we have to understand this is not of ourselves what I'm sharing with you today is not a faith that comes because we just mustered up some courage and went out on the street this is something that comes out of your prayer room. This is something that comes out of your relationship. And God speaks to you and you rise up and you begin to declare what God says. And then you see God's authority come. This servant was healed. This servant was totally healed when Jesus spoke that word. Now I'm telling you, we are living in a day where we need that kind of faith. We need some things done in our nation. We need some done, things done in homes. We need some children set free from from things that are really holding them down from their future. I'm telling you, the devil is after this generation to take their minds through drugs, alcohol, and all the things that are going on. And it's here, their mind that he wants. We are to live by the spirit, but our mind has to be in functioning fully for the spirit to direct it. And we need to stand up and start walking by faith in these areas. Matthew 14, all of us, myself included, 1431. Uh, this, is, this is little faith. Everybody say little faith. Now, this is little faith because Peter forgot who he was supposed to be looking at. Not because of the waves. Peter lost it because he stopped looking at the person who gave him authority to walk on the water. Are you getting this? So it says, and Peter, uh, saw, they saw Jesus as a ghost. And in verse 28, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, you know, that's a supernatural thing. Nobody just is in a boat and says, hey, how about I walk on the water with you? You know, this was a supernatural event. So he said, this is all Jesus said, come. Now, Jesus is under the authority of the Father. He's giving authority to Peter. And Peter had come out of the boat. He walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind, he took his focus off of his authority. The authority to walk on the water was Jesus. And as soon as he looked at what was over here, it said he saw. That means he turned his eyes off Jesus. You know, Kathy Van Winkle gave a word in our staff time together uh, here in, in July. It was just a great word. And she said the Lord had told her that she needs to behold him. Just behold me. Just behold me. And uh, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 at the end of it that when we behold him, we behold his glory, that we are changed and we are transformed. See, Peter was changed to walk on the water. I mean, he was changed to, into a person of faith because he was focused on faith <laughs> and he walked by faith. But when he looked at the waves, he began to sink. And Jesus said to him, and immediately dressed, Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him when he started sinking. And he said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He wasn't doubting the waves. He was doubting the authority. He, had doubted, he doubted Jesus. 
And so when he doubted the word of Jesus to come is when he began to sink. When we doubt the word that God has given us, we start sinking. Doubt is an enemy of faith. And also the next one, you know, in Matthew 6, and uh, when I saw this, this is a scripture that God gave me when I was such a mess in my life. One of them, there were many. But it was uh, verse 25 of Matthew 6. It took a lot of scriptures to get me turned around. Hallelujah. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. I worried about myself continually. How many of you think you maybe worry about yourself sometimes? I worried about myself from the time my eyes opened till I went to bed. I had three children. I was by myself. I didn't make enough money. I thought about what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do all the time? And God gave me the scripture, don't worry about your life. I thought, well, if I don't worry, who's going to worry? Me and these three kids are, you know, there's nobody here in the house. Hallelujah. Yeah, John. Yeah, no, John was in garbage cans with Matt trying to get cans to make money. Hallelujah. But, you know, don't worry about your life. Your children are only out in the garbage cans trying to get, I mean, garbage pails. Matt's collecting garbage from people for 25 cents. John's in the, John's actually in the trash. John, Matt's smarter. He goes door to door and just offers to take it out for 25 cents. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I had my own little army. But, you know, when God says, do not worry, worry is easy. How many of you know worry is easy? Well, that's why the fight of faith is hard because you're standing against worry and doubt and unbelief and all the things that are standing in front of you saying I am a mountain and I will not be moved and God says you are a mountain and you will be moved hallelujah but you'll be moved by my faith and so it goes on in verse 30 after he explains this he says in verse 30 in the scripture here Jesus now if God so clothes the grass grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you oh little faith you of little faith <laughs> well I had baby I, I did have baby faith but but I had a measure of faith and 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 I had faith as a mustard seed but I didn't have victory because I did not understand authority did not understand that I had been given authority that I could, by myself, as a mom with three kids, have the victory. We talked about shattering images on Wednesday night in the offering. I had to shatter the image that, poor me, I'm a single mom. I had to shatter that image. Now, did I feel like, poor me, a single mom? Every day. All the time. But did I act like a poor me? No, because God told me, you have to stop that. You have to stop that. Because I thought a man was the only way that I would be able to be safe. And he said, you have a man, that's me. Isaiah 54, it talks about how the Lord will be your husband. He gave me that scripture. He said, now, straighten up and take dominion. Because he gave it to male and female, not just male. Hallelujah, there is no excuse for the church not to have this kind of victory all the time we should be on top of every situation and we should know more than the world they may think they know but we should know because the spirit of god will tell us and so as by faith when we live like this we don't have to worry about everything now i want to talk about this specifically and uh, friends with faith everybody say friends with faith we are in a day where everything in this world is trying to road faith in people everything the newspaper the television. I mean, when you turn it on, it's, it's not about uh, 
anything but trying to erode people's confidence in God. Now, you can say, no, it's in the president, it's in this. No, 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 no. The motive that's in the earth today of the enemy is to erode confidence in God. He's tried many ways and has succeeded in many ways to remove God's voice. But now the real underlying purpose of everything is to destroy confidence in God. And that is not what's going to happen to word of faith people. I believe it's why God poured the word in in the 80s and the 90s. I believe God knows what's coming and he raised up a people who know the truth. Everybody say, know the truth. And that's us. And so that has to begin to rise up. That has to begin to rise up. Not against, not against the people that necessarily are in power right now, but against the enemy. Everybody say, the enemy. See, he, he gets us all caught up in people and situations and circumstances. Those aren't, those aren't the issues. We are fighting a fight of faith. The fight of faith fights the authority that it's against the authority of God. And that is the devil and all of his works. And so we have to begin to make sure we are with our friends. Everybody say our friends. Now you're going to say, well, you know, I have lots of friends. Well, I'm telling you, the day is coming when you better be sure you have faith-filled friends. And those are the people that you are listening to. And those are the people that you're running with. And those are the people you make sure you get with all the time. Because the enemy is coming after faith-filled People. He is trying to get our faith because he knows what faith can do. And in Mark chapter 2, I've always loved this story because I thought, you know, it's just such a good story about some people. They had a friend who was uh, a paralytic. And, you know, we always look at the part where the paralytic got healed, and we should. I mean, it's, it was an amazing miracle. But it says that, um, again, he entered Capernaum. This is chapter 2 of Mark. After some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together, so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word. Everybody say, preach the word to them. That would be Jesus. Then, he, then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Everybody say, four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. You know, these guys climbed on the roof of a place. Those are desperate, faith-filled friends. And if you have something go wrong, you better hope you got four or ten or twenty of them. Hallelujah. You better know that those are the people you're calling up and they're going to say, by faith, you will make it. When Pam Evie calls me, uh, you know, I, 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 my heart hurts for her and her family. But it's like God said, you just keep speaking faith to her. Don't you speak anything but faith. That is love. That is caring. That brings the victory. Hallelujah. And so we need faith-filled friends in the day we're living in. It says, when Jesus saw there, he saw there, he saw it. How did he see it? Well, my goodness, they climbed on the roof. They lowered him down. He, he didn't see some aura over them he saw action he saw them get them and come through the roof if they had to to get this poor friend of theirs healed i'm telling you that that is a friend that is a faith-filled friend now if you uh look at first corinthians 15 33 it says evil company corrects good corrupts good habits i want to tell you that you know in that context it's it's talking about um, you know how we we need to be careful we're with the right people but i believe good habits are good faith habits 
And when you and, and people, I don't mean evil in the fact they're trying to be evil, but evil is atta- attached to doubt and unbelief and fear and worry. So if people are speaking that to you, those are evil words. Evil words. You cannot listen to those words and walk by faith. How many of you have ever come out of your prayer closet just ready to go? I mean, by golly, you're ready. And, and somebody shows up and, you know, they're a good friend and you like them and you share it. And they go, well, really? I mean, you really think God could do that? You just feel it start draining right out of you. But if you call up somebody who walks by faith and not by sight and you begin to speak those words, their spirit will leap at the same thing that you just leapt at. You know, I heard Joel Osteen say that uh, he, he was talking about something else, but it, 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 to me, it, everything I hear is faith. But he said um, uh, when Elizabeth was pregnant and Mary came to her house, and uh, Elizabeth, did you hear it? Yeah. Oh, and, and Elizabeth walked, uh, Mary walked in, and he said, Elizabeth said, when I heard your voice, the baby kicked. And he said, you need to st- stay with people who make your baby kick. Hang with people who make your baby kick. I mean, you hear their voice, and it's like, yes, I can do it. I can do it. Hallelujah. I have some people like that in this church that, you know, will call in and encourage me when I preach and stuff. And, it, you know, that, 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 not that people are your answer, but that's faith. That's somebody reinforcing your faith. That's somebody saying, yes, it's God. You're all right. Come on. You can do this. It's very, it's very critical right now. Very critical. And, and we don't have to answer everybody's problems. People come to you and want to know what's happening in the world. I don't know. You give them an answer, but don't you let them dilute your faith. That's their, you know, you tell them how to find it, but don't you let it dilute your faith. Because you need your faith for what God's got ahead of you. In Numbers 13, you know, we know that story. Those spies that came back, 10 of them, 10 of those. I don't know if they were friends. I kind of took my liberty. But, you know, there were 12 guys. Ten of them came back and got in cahoots and said, you know, we, we're grasshoppers in our own sight. You know, everybody say, lack of faith. I mean, God had said, I'm going to give you the land. Go in and take the land. And these ten get in cahoots and they lose everything. But the two, Joshua and Caleb, I mean, their answer was, listen, we are well able to do this. Do not rebel against God. That was their answer. You're not, it's not about the giants in the land. It's not about you being a grasshopper. The problem is you're rebelling against God. And then he went on and said, these people have already in their hearts given up. Because they even know that God's on our side. They've already been to a place where they've given up. And we know it's true because when he came, when Joshua came to Rahab and he found her, it later, when the second generation went in, when he found her, she said the, the people's hearts are fainted, I mean, for, with fear, because they know about your God. It's about the authority. It's about the God of authority. And when he says, I'm going to do it, he says, I'm going to do it. Now, I want to tell you, the greatest famine we will ever experience is a lack of the word. And God, this week, I've, heard, I've read this scripture before, but this week it was like, ah. You know how you can be hearing everything that's going wrong in the world. But it was like my eyes were like opened. In Amos eight eleven, it says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God. And this is when Israel has just really, uh, you know, done. They have pushed God to the limit in, in their disobedience. That I will send a famine on the land. But listen to this. Not a famine of bread. And not a famine of water, but of hearing the words 
of the Lord. We don't want to be there, people. We do not want to go there. And it says, they shall wander from sea to sea, from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. What was he talking about? Not this written word, but the spirit of God speaking through the prophets at that time. I want to tell you, when people stop listening to God, then we are in serious trouble. And this world, what became so real to me was, that's what's happened. The world, the world they're not listening to God anymore because it's such conviction. And it's Jesus. It, it talks about when Jesus in John three sixteen that God so loved his, the world that he sent his only begotten son. And then it goes on and it says that the people would not receive him because they love their sin. They love to do the things they were doing. And that's the only reason this world has taken the word of God, the name, Jesus, it, every, all those things. And never mind Jesus, just God himself, the Ten Commandments, everything. They're trying to remove his voice. But that will be a famine like nobody's ever experienced for those people. This is not a good thing. When I heard Jesse DePlanis speak, he talked about lukewarm. He said, well done on one side and raw on the other. And the church can be well done on one side but raw on the other. I thought it was really good. But he said, you'll know the people who walked by faith and then stopped. They become critical. They become insensitive to things that are evil. Like he said, they went to a movie, and he, you know, he, he was with, I think, the Seville's. They all four had to get up and walk out after three minutes of the movie. He went to Las Vegas, and he went to a show that they said was family-oriented. He, he was with Leroy Thompson, and his wife had to get up and walk out of there. He said, they call that rude out there. Uh, they told me, and I paid all that money. He said, I don't care about the money. We just had to get out of there before it contaminated us. Everybody say lukewarm. Lukewarm. We don't. We we cannot be lukewarm in the day we're living in. It says in Revelations three that God hates lukewarmness. You could be hot or cold, and I guess you can be rescued. But if you get lukewarm, you're in real trouble. And uh, Jesse said, "How many of you like to drink warm coffee?" So anybody in here who's a coffee drinker, you know, warm coffee is not a good thing. I guess I don't drink coffee. He said he didn't either. But he said people who like coffee like it hot. And some people like cold coffee now. He said, I think they both are horrible. But he said, lukewarm, nobody wants. And, and, and God doesn't either. I know your works, that they are neither hot or cold, cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because of your lukewarm, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's not a good position to be in. I'm not speaking of us today. I'm speaking of the world today. The world is liking lukewarm. You know what lukewarm is? Compromise. Let's just all live like everything's okay. And you can be this, and you can be this, and you can be that, and I can be this, and then we'll all be all right. No, we will not be all right. I believe that evil is evil. People are not evil, but evil is evil. And there's always been evil in the earth. If you study the old covenant you will find you know people that you know the moabites and and people that believed evil things and they did evil things and so we do have evil in the earth if we are not walking by faith instead of sight we will be sucked in to that kind of a mentality that we just need to make everything be this way let's just make it all an even plane let's make everything lukewarm and then nobody will be mad. Nobody will have to say anything. Everybody will be all right. 
and we will be annihilated. The enemy is trying to take the word out of the earth. We live by faith and not by sight, which means we are in the word. We eat the word. We, we drink the word. We put the word in our life day and night. And the word works in our life. It changes us. The just shall live by faith. It says in Romans, and I believe we're going to come to this, and I'm going to close with this scripture in Romans. Um, it's in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. I was just quick into this. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for those who believe, for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by what are we going to live by faith we serve a god who does not kill people to harm them we serve a god who who is not angry at us but we serve a god that when people ignore him he leaves them alone he is not a god who comes and tries to make us do what he wants us to do. He put his law in our heart. He put the desire in our heart for us to love the word of God and never be ashamed of it. And when you go on and read the rest of that chapter, you find God begin to talk about what the world will become. It is not a good thing. But if you read it, we are there. We are there, even in our nation today. I believe it's time for people of faith to stand up and be people of faith. Amen. Let's stand up together today. And I pray for all of you. You know, there's many of you here that um, uh, have, you know, your baby doesn't even move. Hallelujah. Let alone kick. And I say to you today, you're going to have to find some people to put your life uh, in their surroundings on a daily basis. Because we are in the body of Christ need one another. And uh, the devil will steal kill and destroy wherever he has an opportunity and and i believe this is going to separate um it's going to bring a separation in the earth there is going to be black and white gray is really quickly diminishing i mean there are people who are now standing up for righteousness in our nation like never before and i thank god for it but evil is also standing up and saying it is right And it's not standing up as evil. It's standing up as an angel of light. It's standing up as good. And and it's standing up actually deceiving people and taking them into a place of destruction. I mean, they have no idea. They're just following it blindly right right in. And they feel like the standard of God now is a, a radical, crazy movement. How many of you know that's true in our earth today? Well, we have to, we're going to have to begin to find out what God's asking us to do individually. And I believe the first thing is to pray, to spend time in the Word of God, and begin to ask God, what do you want me to say every day? What word do you want me speaking, Father? What word do you want me saying, the word of faith in this earth, to bring your will to pass? Because it's not over till it's over. And I heard Jerry Seville, he said, it's not over till I win. Because God said, Jerry, when you win, it's over. So I'm going to claim that for me too. It's not over till we win. Amen. So I believe God is going to get the victory, but he is counting on you. He's counting on me. Would you bow your heads? Father, I thank you for every person here. That we will be a church that is a church of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. 
which is what you called us to be. But we are that by faith. We are that by faith. We're not that because we're smart and we know everything. We're that because we believe God's authority is over this church and over our lives. And I believe that today over your life, that God's authority is over your life. But this is a good thing because when God's authority is over your life, then you're in authority over the things that are in your life. And I declare that over every one of you. Today, I want to pray for you. If, you, if you've had things in your heart that um, you know that doubt and unbelief have, have, have found a place, and, and, and today you want to just say, you know, I am done with, with that. You know, I'm going to find friends who speak faith, and I'm going to begin to live the things that God has promised me because I can assure every one of you standing here today, victory belongs to you. Thanks be unto God who causes us to triumph in all things, in all things. The victory is in us. The victory is within us. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.